0: name is Francine. I am a compulsive overeater, very low bottom one, um, and a recovered bulimic, thanks to um, my higher power, and to the gifts of this program. My abstinence date is June fourteenth, 2017. And I've been blessed in that. <sighs> I've been coming since 1991, guys. And it took what it took for me to get to this point where I could fully surrender. And that's actually what I'd love to have you guys uh, talk about as a topic is surrender. Um, My story, um, I think I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, You know, my mom, I suspect, is an anorexic. Um, She's always been severely underweight. She restricts food and she's been obsessed with what my body looks like uh, for as long as I can remember. And it's interesting, um, I was told that she was very proud of herself because she only gained 12 pounds with her pregnancy. And so I was a very low weight baby and uh, she couldn't breastfeed me, so I was put on the bottle and um, that because I had colic, she fed me a lot and so by the time i was about 18 months i sadly um, pretty much looked like the michelin man i was a little roly-poly child and um, i was also a very active child so um, by the time i got to kindergarten i had grown very tall and very slender i was super active we were uh, raised on a farm my entire family they're all farmers um, I am first generation American Italian. Uh, my parents came over from Italy and so I started kindergarten unable to speak English. And so my terminal uniqueness, that horrible feeling that I didn't fit in and didn't belong anywhere, um, was really, uh, pretty strong by the time I hit kindergarten. I had never really played with other kids other than my cousins and, um, They didn't speak the same language I did, and so it was pretty terrifying. And I had a wonderful kindergarten teacher who I just loved, and she taught me the alphabet and how to read and write, and I took to school like a duck to water. And so by first grade, um, books were my passion. I was reading at an eighth grade level, and they put me in something called MGM. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a punishment. Nobody explained it to me. And there was just a few of us in this program. And, um, and I can remember, man, I remember it like it was yesterday, being on the playground and I would hide in this big uh, metal thing. It was something the fathers had made for the playground that was supposed to be a submarine. And I would look out the little porthole of the submarine and I'd sit in there with my box lunch and I'd watch the other children play. And I felt so separate and so apart from them. And, you know, I, I, I read <laughs> and, and I consumed massive quantities of sugar, uh, sugar and flour. I could not get enough of, and, you know, because I was super active and lived on a farm, um, uh, You know, I didn't pack on the weight right away. Um, At five, though, I can distinctly remember um, there was a lot of violence, um, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse in my household. And so um, at five, my mother had raged at me, and uh, I'd gotten a beating. And at that point, I still had some defiance, (laughs) And so I snuck into the living room and I pulled things out of the crystal candy dish and I took them and I ran way out into the walnut orchard and I climbed up in a tree and, um, I used to hide out in trees all the time and, Mm -hmm. and I consumed, uh, you know, what I got out of that crystal dish, but I still had the evidence, you know, the wrappers and, um, and I dug a hole and I buried those wrappers. And I can still remember crying as I was burying everything because I was so scared to get caught. And, uh, you know, <sighs> stealing food was what I did. And, uh, you know, by the time I was nine, um, I had developed breasts. I developed very, very early and it was summer and we had just moved and I didn't get to finish out my school year. And I was really traumatized by that because there were some things that I wound up missing out on. And I didn't get to say goodbye to the few people that I got to know at school. And, and, uh, I was out in the cherry orchard and this was towards the end of cherry season. And, um, you know, like I said, the whole family's farming. And so my cousin and I are playing out in the cherry orchard and, and, uh, we had climbed some of the cherry trees and were eating the cherries off of them. And there were farm laborers out there that were picking cherries. And um, I don't really remember how it got started. All I know is that my cousin left, you know, and he was my age. He was nine. He left and I was by myself with these two young men and I wound up getting abused. And um, it was literally... I don't know, maybe a week and a half later. And I hadn't said anything to anybody because I felt like it was my fault. And uh, I was changing in in a, a bedroom from my play clothes into um, a swimsuit because I was going to go swimming at my cousin's house. And uh, my mother walked in on me. And uh, I had bruises all over my, my breasts and my groin. my mother grabbed me and shook me and said what did you do and of course it's my fault and uh and i had to tell her what happened and you know my parents they don't have a recovery program and my family's got a lot of alcoholism and a lot of crazy in it so my mom told her brother because it was his orchard and, and his men that were out working So my uncle took me in front of these guys and he beat them up in front of me. And I still cry about it because it was so, so traumatizing. And it's funny. It's like the abuse was bad, but watching him beat them up was worse because it was my fault again years went by and the food just got out of hand you know it was like after that event i packed on the pounds and so at nine years old there the dieting started so my mother put me on diet after diet after diet and so while other kids got to celebrate their birthdays or or you know have treats here and there i was forbidden And so, you know, food was this thing that I had to fight to get and that I had to sneak to get. And, you know, I lost the weight and I would be very rigid and I would restrict. But then when the diet was over, oh, my God, I was off to the races. So up, down, up, down, up, down my weight. And it's funny. At first, it was 20 pounds. I was overweight and then 30, then 40. And it just went on. And I mean, I've tried every diet in the book, guys. My parents even put me on something called the HCG regime. (laughs) It's where you had to go to the doctor and get cow placenta shots in your butt once a week. And they put you on a 500 calorie diet with absolutely, you couldn't even touch anything that had oil in it. It was insane. But that was my life. I mean, I was obsessed with food. I was, you know, constantly dieting. In high school, I went through a horrible period where I was starving myself. And, you know, my hair was falling out. I mean, it was insane. So I've done the gamut when it comes to food. And, you know, around my 16th birthday, I'd been working on the farm and for other farmers, uh, working in their harvests and doing bookkeeping and all kinds of stuff. I was a smart kid. And so from 12 till 16, I had saved a bunch of money and I bought a car. And on my 16th birthday, my parents drove me to the DMV, and um, you know, I went to go take my test. And you know, it was real easy um, for me to do the written test, and then, of course, the driver's test. Well, I don't know why my mom did not do anything about this, but I was gone for over two hours. And I was with a really sick, sick man. And, uh, you know, there's this thing that happens to you when you've been victimized a lot. It's easy to get re-victimized. It's like they can spot you. And so I came back from that and I didn't say a word. And he told my mom he wanted our phone number and address because I needed private lessons on how to drive. I had been driving my dad's truck to and from the local grocery store since I was 11. And my mom knew I knew how to drive. I don't know why she gave him the information, but she did. And we drove home and, and I didn't say a word. And you don't cry in my family because you'll get hit. Um, you know, so you'll have something to cry about was what I was told. So I got home, you know, we wound up having dinner that night. And, you know, I didn't eat, which for me was unusual. And And I went to bed early and in the middle of the night, I was crying and I woke my dad up. And my dad's a farmer and he gets up at four and five in the morning and he had to get up early the next day to go irrigate. And, you know, you don't wake up a farmer. And he was really mad. And typically I would have gotten the belt. But that night I didn't get hit. Instead, my dad listened to me and I told him what happened, that I'd been abused. You know, that time my dad stood up for me and he went to the DMV the next day and that man got fired. And it was a couple of weeks later before I got the courage to go back. Now, my parents didn't know that, you know, I should have gotten therapy or treatment or something. But instead, they just took me back to the DMV and I did pass. And I had a new driver's license now, you know. And that very night... I went out with my friends and we go to McDonald's, you know, and, and it's funny for some reason that night I couldn't turn to the food. Uh, And my friend said, look, you seem upset. And I never told anybody what was going on. And, and he offered alcohol and, uh, and I took it and, uh, and I blacked out. And so I found something new I could do. Not only could I binge, but okay, now I can drink. And then I learned from, you know, being an alcoholic that I could purge. Oh my God. You know, so then the bulimia started and this went on for years. And, you know, when the disease has you, I feel like it has you by the throat, you know, it doesn't let go. And so, what wound up happening is that I got married. I told my husband I'm never having children because of the abuse I'd gone through. And then one day, because everybody where I worked was having babies, I had a child. And that child changed my life. And, you know, regrettably, um, even though I had stopped drinking um, and I, I tried to control my food, especially during the pregnancy and so forth. I still was really out of control after my son weaned. And, and it was 1991 before I found the rooms of OA. And I came crawling in, and it was after having been violently raped because it was like I hit a bottom like you would, could not believe. And so I come into the rooms and I had a miracle occur. I had a woman share a story And it it like blew me away because that story was my story. And, and I thought, Oh my God, you know, here I am in a room hearing my story. And she said that she had found a God of her understanding. And I had abandoned God because I thought God could not possibly care about me after everything that had happened. And I don't know, something changed. That arrested my bulimia, and I was able to drop 80 pounds. Um, I kept the weight off for about six and a half years, and I was really working the program. And then some things happened in a way, and I allowed what happened to affect my head. And, you know, our disease is up here. (laughs) You know, it manifests a lot of times in the body, but it's up here. And um, I was going through a custody battle because I was getting divorced, and some people in OA that knew my my ex-husband had told him about things I said in meetings, and I felt violated and betrayal. And these were just a couple of sick people that didn't even stick with the program, but I allowed it to affect me, and I relapsed. And then I would experience years off and on relapse, recovery, relapse, recovery. Then in 2017, in January, my ex-husband died and he was one of us. He was a really bad compulsive overeater. His death woke me up. It woke me up in a way that I cannot even describe because what wound up happening is that his death triggered my son to say, mom, I can't lose you too. And at the time I had so many health issues and I knew that OA was the solution but my doctor had told me, you know, I was facing a premature death if things didn't radically change. So I had bariatric surgery and I came back into OA and I have not left since. They told me I would lose 60 to 65 pounds. I've released 98 and I have stuck to this program like glue and I have worked the steps and reworked the steps. I have a sponsor, I have sponsees, I'm super active in service. I hold various service positions at meetings. I'm also working with the inner group, and I'm the public information coordinator, and I love this fellowship, and I love the recovery I have, but it took making my God huge and surrendering everything for me to really get an abstinent that works. So I'm here, and I'm grateful beyond belief, guys. I've had to seek outside help for a lot of this stuff that was going on, but my head is quiet and food does not call my name anymore. And I'm just very grateful to be here. So I'd love to hear from you guys about surrender and you know, what did it take? How did you do it? And uh, again, thank you so much for my abstinence. Thank you, Francine, thank you so much.